Hey everyone, and welcome back to Gals Getting Rich. I'm your host, Fatsa, and I'm here with your other host, Maeve. And today we're going to talk about money and relationships. I think this can go a lot of ways. It can go from your friends to your family to your significant other. Honestly, any type of relationship, I think money can be a really interesting topic. Um, I have friends where I'm super open about how much I make and what I make, and I love those friendships. But then I also have friends that I value, but they're not necessarily the people that I want to discuss this kind of thing with. I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, I feel like when it comes to friends, you can't force a conversation. You have to make sure they want to be talking about this as well. Um, If you are talking about like budgets and salaries and all that, I think it's optional. I don't think you have to talk about it. And I have some friends I never talk about finances or our pay with. And I have other friends where that's like all we talk about, you know? I don't know. I think it's like if they want to talk about it, I'm so open about it. But they don't, I don't like force them. I don't bring it up. Totally. And it's not even like forcing, but I think the big thing is like sometimes you're friends with your roommates, right? And Mm -hmm. even with roommates, it like unintentionally becomes a thing and then Mm -hmm. you have to talk about it. And I think that for me was like the icebreaker of like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't something that should be openly talked with everyone just because I have so many friends where you just naturally talk about it and not everyone is super open about it. Yeah, I think the roommate situation... I haven't had to deal with that post-grad. Well, I have. I have my boyfriend, but like it's not the same thing where my boyfriend and I are very open about our finances. We know what's going on. Yeah, and ideally in a romantic relationship, you want to be open about that just because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure money is like one of the top things for getting divorced, right? It's like I, one of the yeah. number one reasons. Yeah, yeah. And I think one thing when it comes to friends is when they bring up money, it's usually because of the lifestyle they see you affording like if you're going on like crazy trips all the time and you have a cool apartment they will wonder like how is she living the life she is Mm -hmm. and I think it can like stir feelings of jealousy when they see like when someone's just like envious of lifestyle and that being said like people live lifestyles that are not within their means and I think that is also something to think about as well not in Mm -hmm. a judgmental way but it's like you do what's best for you But again, I think it's human nature to naturally be envious of people. And in a way, that envy is good because it makes you want to strive to be better and achieve something more than maybe what you're achieving today. Yeah. And like you said, I don't think your lifestyle is indicative of how much you're making because you can either be living beyond your means or you can be living way below them. There's no way where you can tell someone's financial situation just based upon how they're spending their money. Totally. And the alternative to that is you might think somebody makes a lot, but you might not know what financial burdens they're carrying. Are they paying for family costs that are outside of just their individual purse or some sort of health issue? There's lots of things that people can have going on and you might not even know about it. Yeah. Another one is not everyone has student loans. A lot of people do, but not Mm -hmm. everyone does. And I don't know. I think it's something I forget a lot is not everyone has the same life I do. And I think we just, like you said, we forget their burdens and we forget that they could be having other debts we don't know about and they could be having other income streams we don't know about. Yeah, even if it's like, hey, I only have this much net worth after working for three years. But then I think for a lot of us, especially myself, it's like, oh, well, I paid off a car. I paid off student loans or like 
whatever xyz thing so it's like oh you're like oh i should have so much more money now but i don't and i think the money conversation is beyond just how much you make it's Mm -hmm. kind of what is your holistic view and how you talk about that i know with friends we were going to start off first i like i said i'm pretty open about it with most of my friends however i think there are certain friends where if i'm not super close to you it's not like i'm going and telling every single person or if it's a certain type of friendship, then maybe we don't necessarily have to talk about it. But the big thing with money and friends is like, especially living in New York, you kind of have to pick and choose because I've learned being here for the last like almost two over two years now, you can't say yes to everything. When you first move to a big city or a new place or let's say college, you want to say yes to everything. You want to do everything. And you should. You should say yes to most things. But should also keep your budget and what's good for you in mind rather than just kind of going with the herd. That's like a big thing that I've learned, especially when it comes to friends and like openly being able to tell a friend like, hey, actually, that's not in my budget. I'm down to hang out, but maybe we just hang out, make a charcuterie at home and chill rather than going out to an expensive dinner. Have you ever had a friend ask to borrow money from you? I have, yes. And I think in most cases I've gotten paid back. But that is definitely a tough situation. For example, like I know that there are certain people that I would say no to (laughs) if they asked to borrow money. And I think that's a personal choice. But I think with anything, it's like this is a funny thing. Me and my boyfriend were talking about like hypotheticals with getting invited to weddings and like whether or not we have plus ones, whether or not you get a plus one to my future wedding or honestly anybody's future wedding is going to be on a case-by-case basis because it's like okay how long have you been dating this person um do I even know them like all these things right I think like similarly the same factors would go into if I were going to lend you money (laughs) yeah yeah girls that invest which is another podcast out there they have this one quote that really resonated with me that you should never lend money to a friend if you expect to get it back and It was just kind of, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because there are some friends where I'm like, yeah, like if we're at a bar and I'm getting a round of drinks and they're like, I'll pay you back. I know they will. Mm -hmm. I know that's not the same as borrowing money, but like in that instance, I have no qualms about it. And I've been in that situation too, where sometimes I got roped into paying the bill, but I'm like, wait, I don't even know who took the shot. And so again, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're putting your card down, I think it's definitely having that mindset of like, okay, I may not see this again. And yeah just something to consider as well and so that's a really good point you bring up yeah especially with family too like if I were to lend money to family then I don't expect that back right and maybe depending on the type of friendship I might not expect it back either but yeah levels there I think to a certain dollar amount I would expect it back like if I had to loan someone some money to pay for their mortgage that month well I don't know I wouldn't take that back there's some dollar amounts where I would hope they would pay me back or for certain situations. Like if I was paying for a funeral and they just didn't have a sufficient emergency fund to pay for a family member's funeral, then fine. I know that's kind of a sticky, tough situation. You have to pay for it then. But yeah, I think I would feel guilty coming after like coming after like one of my brothers for borrowing $50 or if they just spend $50 on my credit card on accident, I don't know if I would like go after them because it's just like it almost causes more drama than necessary. 
Girls That Invest also do a segment called Sticky Money Monday, I think. And it's a lot of people saying like, I gave money to my friend and they haven't paid me back. What do I do? It's been like years and they won't pay me back. And I've never been asked for money of like a sizable amount from any of my friends. So I have no experience in it. But there are sticky money situations that have like traumatized me. Oh, man. Yeah, it makes you really think about it. Mm-hmm. I think too. So, you know, with friends, it's a little bit more broad, a little bit more easier. I think with family, it gets a bit tough because at the end of the day, your family is your family. It's not like you can end that friend friendships you can hypothetically end. I don't think that's necessarily I mean, I guess it is possible with family, but it's a little bit harder to do in my opinion. Like you can do it, but you're, you're it's really hard to just totally cut a family member off. Yeah. And I know some families have someone who's always asking for money, who is always broke mm-hmm. and asking for a loan and I've never experienced it and I feel like I can't speak to it at all, but when it comes to family, I feel pretty generous, especially, I know this isn't loaning money, but Christmas presents, like my parents gave me so much for me to be where I am today. I will like ball out for them. Totally, totally. And I think too, sometimes with family, it's like your parents have done so much for you, but maybe you're in a position where your parents weren't the most financially educated and then you feel the need to give back to them. There's that. There's also sometimes not every family is the same where it's like, oh, this person is really good at the finances or both the parents are good at working with finances. You kind of have to sometimes step in and be that person in your family that is trying to make things better. But that being said, if, if it's like a parent and kid dynamic, you're not wanting to overstep your parent because at the end of the day, your parent is your parent. But how do you make that better? And how do you come to that realization? I think a lot of people go through that as well. And we don't really think about that. Yeah, I, it's a whole other thing to be a child having to almost like recreate the family finances and make them more stable. Totally. The one thing, the one money situation with family that I'm still like new to is when my family goes on vacation now, I have a full-time salary. I'm like, I should help out in some way. Like I'm not a kid anymore. You know, I've I have a job. I have my own insurance. I should contribute to it. I feel like I'm obligated to. I'm guilty that I am still on my parents' phone plan. (laughs) Oh, I am too. I am too. But sometimes when things are bundled in a plan, it's just cheaper, you know? Totally, totally, totally. That's how my car insurance, admittedly, my dad still pays for my car insurance, but it's because my car is really old and we have really cheap insurance on it. And I think we get a way better price being bundled with the other family cars. So my dad was like, I'll pay for your insurance until you get a new car. And then obviously I will buy myself a new car and give myself insurance, but it's only like $15 a month. And so it's really nice, but yeah, I guess I haven't fully left the nest. (laughs) No, I haven't either, which is, it's fine. Kind of love that for us. Yeah. It's like a weird in-between phase where it's like, We've had full-time jobs for three years now, and we are financially independent, but we still have these, like, strings attached financially to our family where it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot they still pay for my phone. I haven't gotten off their plan yet. Well, it's funny because I feel like I've met, like, 35-year-olds, right, which is, like, 10 years from now for us, and they're in the same boat. So it's kind of one of those things. I think at that point, too, maybe I'll 
be like, hey, dad, I'll give you 40 bucks or whatever it is a month. But like the physical phone I bought myself. So there's also that. Yeah. Yeah. I think family, money with family is almost a whole different ballgame because they're your family. And oftentimes we have their best interests in heart. I know a lot of kids find themselves responsible for their parents' retirement as well. Mm -hmm. And that it's like hard because you have to sacrifice so much to make sure your parent is able to have a comfortable retirement and live a good life. And maybe they were in a tough situation financially when they were raising you and their retirement plan was always you. And that's a big burden to carry. And I just feel like the financial transactions between family are so different because it's almost like you're looking out for each other. You're each other's insurance plan if in case anything goes wrong. And it's so different than like friends where it's like you can say no and feel like, well, I'm not obligated to. I'm not their brother or sister or parent or child, you know? 100%. I've only heard of these situations. I haven't experienced all these, but it just recharacterizes the feeling of loaning money when it's to someone you care about a lot. Absolutely. It's hard. And I think the emotional aspect of it is much harder than it might seem. Like it's easy to be like, oh, don't do it. But then it's like, mm-hmm. wait, I actually need to do this for whatever yeah. reason, whatever responsibility or duty you feel to that person. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I have more experience talking about money and relations with a significant other than with friends and family because um, I live with my boyfriend and we have a lot of common expenses. So got a lot of experience in that wheelhouse. Um, do you have any like opinions about how to split money in a relationship? I will say it takes time to figure out. I think like me and my significant other have gone through various iterations of how we have been doing it. And like in the beginning, it, it was long distance, right? So he would come I would pay for basically everything since he was paying for a flight, like if we had dinner or, you know, whatever, and or like an activity. Then if I would come, same thing, he would pay. Then um, we both kind of ended up in the same city, and then we literally had a split-wise between both of us, and we were literally putting everything in split-wise w- within reason, right? Like if he ate a banana at my apartment, I'm not going to charge him 49 cents for a banana. That being said, now we kind of just balance it. It's like, okay, you pick up this, I'll pick up this, but we're not living together yet. I think when we live together, it'll be a big ball game. I I think if we decide to get married, then there's going to be a couple of questions we're going to want to ask each other. For example, how are we going to set up our combined budget? I I personally think it would make sense to make him an authorized user and vice versa on any credit cards we own. Um, I would definitely keep any existing bank accounts that I have open just so I have my independent account. And then, you know, we would want to maybe get a joint account where we both funnel money into and update our direct deposits. But again, I think that'll come more when we're like Mm -hmm. legally binded to each other. That being said, you know, we talk about this a lot. Like literally yesterday he texted me and he was like, I guess I shouldn't say we talk about it a lot. It comes up like, you know, in terms of investments, he was like, yeah, like I'm this much down for the last like all time and I'm like oh I'm this much up actually not much but the market's bounced back recently and we're kind of talking about it so it's it's interesting in a sense like we've never outright been like yeah I make this much but we have an idea of what each other makes versus Mm -hmm. when we live together it's gonna be like okay yeah I'm gonna know the exact number because it's totally combined um yeah 
just constantly having that conversation. I know, Maeve, you live with your boyfriend, so you probably have like a whole encyclopedia on this. <laughs> you said so many things. I'm trying to decide what to respond to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know exactly what my boyfriend makes, but to be clear, we did not combine finances. We considered getting a joint bank account for like paying rent and other bills, but then I had a credit card that I made him authorized user on, and we call that our corporate card for I love together. how you guys call it a corporate card. <laughs> it works really well, and it's it was a great resolution for us, but we're both just like, we've talked about it too, and we like having our own separate accounts. We don't combine finances, and we split majority of the bills um, 50-50. I think if he made way, way more than me, we would not even way, way more, even if he just made like a decent chunk more than me, we would split our rent proportionate to our income. But we always split travel 50-50. Right now we split rent 50-50. It could change depending on our income. And we split groceries 50-50. But then we have like our own discretionary spending. If I want a new pillow for the bed, I'll just buy it myself because I'll probably be using it 100% time. So like this is but, my pillow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's funny cuz even I was dating my boyfriend when I was in college and when I was getting job offers and um I was stuck between three job offers and I was comparing them with my boyfriend to figure out like pros and cons. So he's involved in like all parts of my finances. It's just funny like we um have always told each other exactly how much we make every year. We look at each other's W2s every year. Like, it's just funny how I imagine every couple does the same thing I do, but I realize not everyone does. I just think everybody goes through iterations. Like, the money monkey on Instagram, she's really good and actually has a post about money and relationship conversation prompts. And I actually pull it up just, you know. Yeah, I sent that to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you you also sent it. Both of us have the same thing. So shout out to money monkey. We love you. Um, but she she also same situation. She lived with her boyfriend, and here's a couple of examples of conversation prompts. And you guys can go to her profile and look at the whole post. But you know, one of the things she asks is, "What is the importance of earning to each of us?" And I think for me, I would say I want to be independent and not be dependent on my significant other's income. Right? Like if I needed to break away from this, I absolutely can. So I think that is one big thing for me. Maybe I was going to ask you, what, what what would you respond to that that question? I feel like my boyfriend and I are both very much about saving money and reaching financial independence. And that's what's most important to us is building a future. Let's look at another one, Chad. Should we have a prenuptial agreement? Why or why not? I'm very pro-prenup. I think it doesn't hurt to have one. Tanya Hester has a really good viewpoint on them because I think – Historically, a lot of people think that prenups are not are seen as like a bad thing because it means that you're showing doubt in your marriage. But in reality, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And she says that prenups she finds to be one of the most romantic things you can do because it's saying that every day that you are married and you stay married together means that you want to be together despite the money. Because you know you won't have – it's not going to be 50-50. Like you have a prenup that's already defined what will happen in the case of divorce. So every day you stay together. You want to be together for reasons beyond money. Totally. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go into this because 
I think it's bad to go in with like a negative mindset of like, oh, if you get divorced, but it's like, ideally you don't, but you always want to protect yourself and at least your individual assets. And one thing somebody brought up to me, which I haven't read into this too much, but what if I get into an accident? Then what happens, right? Like who Mm -hmm. would maintain that? And I think some of these prenup items would also address a situation like that if, if an accident or something were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't get a prenup, then if you happen to get a divorce down the road, then your situation is up to the discretion of the state. You don't have a say in what happens to your assets and your estate. It's up to the government. So are you going to let the government decide for you or are you going to decide for yourself? Do you have, is there another money monkey prompt you want to bring up? Yeah, I think how much of our income will we spend on our personal hobbies or interests? I think when you're not combining anything, especially right now, I kind of do whatever I want, but I do kind of wonder like when you combine, how do you make sure, especially if your incomes aren't proportional to each other, how do you make sure you aren't feeling pressured where it's like, oh, like before when I was just me, I had that more discretionary income, but now that we're splitting, like a percentage might be more on my end compared to his because he might make a lot more. Like, how do I make sure I spend? And ideally, you have a partner who cares about your interests and would support you in whatever you do as long as it's not something totally ridiculous like I feel like if I told my boyfriend I wanted to start a penguin farm he'd be like no um but (laughs) if I wanted if I said hey I want to buy a new camera he would probably support me in that so yeah I think that's like a really good conversation topic and just definitely like even before things get serious as in marriage just like making sure that you have somebody that's supportive of you and your interests and things that you actually want to pursue because at the end of the day, a lot of these things have financial implications. Yeah, they say that the most important financial decision you'll ever make is who you marry. And I think it's really true. When it comes to mine and my boyfriend's hobbies, because we live together, we know each other's hobbies. We know what we're each doing all the time. And we just pay for our own things. The only things we share are like groceries, utilities, rent, internet, basic stuff. But we support each other in our hobbies. He pays for all of his like gym stuff, gym membership, clothing, protein powder, all that. And I pay for all my like outings with my friends whenever I go out to get drinks or whatever. That's like, not that that's a hobby, but like, you know, we just pay for our own stuff. But we were saying like, if we had combined finances, we were saying that we would both feel guilty spending money on ourselves because we know it's shared money. And I think that's why like a lot of people budget discretionary spending for both people so that you can have no remorse. Like that money was already spent in the budget. Totally. And I think the last one that I really, really liked from her list is how much money is expected from each of us in terms of earning money for the family. Like I think that's something you have to think about is like what kind of future lifestyle are you trying to live or planning to live? And how much do you need to save in order to do that? I think a lot of the other stuff kind of comes naturally, but these are like, in my opinion, really thoughtful conversations to have before getting into anything because you do kind of want to have an idea of what the other person wants. Like we can't just assume they want the same thing as us. Yeah. Some people want to be a stay-at-home parent. Some people don't. And that's a really serious conversation to have. That's just like one example of a conversation to have. But like, how long do you want to be in your career? Do one of you have some progressive disease that will cause you to lose the ability to walk by age 45. I don't know. 
I think it's really important to be transparent about your expectations and what you want. Totally. I think how you split expenses when you live as a couple is totally up to you. Like just because somebody else does it doesn't mean you have to do it. I think um, everybody's going to have their biggest spend categories. Like someone might spend more on health and wellness. Somebody might spend more on dining out. But shared expenses can be split by income. Like you can do proportionally. You can do it equally. However you want to do it. And then you can also have your separate ones like medical bills, transportations, phone bills, like things that you're only using. You can do that on your own. I think you want to make sure you're having the conversation environment. Like having it on the street after you've just had pocha. And if anybody doesn't know what pocha is, it's literally like watermelon soju. And it's very good, but also very dangerous. Every single time me and my boyfriend have done it, we have ended up on the street getting into some kind of argument. We oh, literally wow. were that couple. We literally were that couple where it's like, you know when you see a couple fighting in New York? Yeah. Literally, we were that couple. Like, it was so funny. Like, this oh girl comes up and saw us in this argument, and she's like, hey, I like your jacket. And it was funny because it was good she did that because it put a pause in our conversation. But again, you want to make sure you're having the right envi- environment. So it doesn't it, – it's a stressful conversation. You don't want to have it when you're busy or someone's busy and you want to have fun with it. You could go to drinks and talk about it over cocktails, but not, like, when you're both, like, a little bit, like, having it, you know? Yeah. Right. And then also just being open and recognizing those differences in spending. I think I definitely spend more on food and like self-care stuff versus like I know my significant other, he has a benefit from work where his lunches and dinners are practically free. So that's like another thing. Wow. Yeah. I've heard stories about people who have had when they were engaged, they were like, okay, do I tell them about all my credit card debt or all about my student loan debt, like, do I have to tell them everything? Like, get all the skeletons out of the closet, you know? And it got me thinking a lot about, well, are you obligated to tell them? Like, is it up to you? How much does it affect them? But if you are getting married, all of a sudden, like, your debts are also their debts. I don't know. What do you think about this, Vatsa? Like, how much do you think you should reveal about your financial situation before getting married? Oh, yeah. I want to know about all that before. And not that it's going to be a deal breaker, but more of like, okay, well, if this is a shared burden, then I would want to know about it before. I had a really good friend in college, and he had been dating his girlfriend for a very, very long time. And he knew his girlfriend had a significant amount of student loan debt, and he knew that it was unfortunately private because there was a situation. They didn't use FAFSA correctly. Like, they just didn't know. And and that's okay. Like, some people don't know. But then it's like, okay, how do I help you? How do I share this burden with you? If I'm going to be with you forever, ultimately, our pot is going to be one pot, you know? Like, even now, it's like, okay, if I know I'm going to be with this person, then I don't really mind. I don't know. Like, if, if it's an activity, I'm not going to split it with you. It's just like, okay, like, it's going to be one pot anyways. Yeah. That being said, it's still within my personal budget. But having that mentality of like, okay, shared burden, shared pot, certain things will be individual, but I think that's the best way to think about it. It's like, you, it's a partnership yeah. in any relationship. Yeah. And like, if you guys really care about each other, it shouldn't be a deal breaker. As long as like, if that person has like a shopping addiction and their amounts of credit card debt, but they're trying to get better, I think it shows growth. But yeah, I think if you get married, that's legally binding and you're both mutually financially responsible, you kind of want to know because if you get married 
And the day after your wedding, your significant other tells you, hey, I'm $2 million in debt. What are you doing? Like, do you trust them, them the same way? Because they, it seems like they chose to not share that information beforehand because they just wanted to get married. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so, it just doesn't feel honest. Oh, but on the contrary, if you have an inheritance, I don't think there's any obligation to tell your significant other. I agree. Because that's not hurting them. And oftentimes, people don't get inheritances until they're like way older. So it may not even be relevant to that time. And sometimes people don't even know they're getting an inheritance. Yeah, I agree. Like that shouldn't be a big factor. If it's beneficial, then it's like, hey, surprise. Yeah, (laughs) Um, right. But like definitely things – you don't want a negative surprise. You want positive surprises. Yeah, and I think – also, if you are getting an inheritance, it's almost more fun to live your life like you're not getting it. You don't want to just be living for the day you get it so then you can, I don't know, do whatever you want. I think you should make a life and live your life and enjoy it. Have a career. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on money and relationships? All of this is specific to the person, specific to the situation, but the main thing is Especially in your, you know, if you're potentially going to marry somebody or if you're dating somebody long term and you're pretty serious about them, at some point having this type of conversation is really important. I know in the beginning I used to brush it off, but now we have the conversation pretty lightly. But if we need to talk about something, we usually schedule time to talk about it. And I think that's really important just because, again, I said this at the beginning of the episode, it's the number one reason for divorce. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It just, yeah. Trying to cultivate happy, healthy relationships, not just with other people, but with yourself and money. And then that mm-hmm. flows into someone you're dating and money. Yeah. And you should feel like you can have that conversation as much as you would like and as often as necessary. There's no blueprint to how you should do it. My boyfriend and I talk about finances, I would say every day. I don't think we go a day without talking about what went on in the market or but that that works for us and we still have a healthy relationship it may not be true for everyone i think it's important to work with your partner on it and establish the habits you want just like you said vasa yeah i don't have anything else if you want to go into money moves let's do money moves i have actually a really cute money move this week i got my performance bonus from meowtel and it's I know it's per. It's like actually P U R R performance bonus, and I I kind of knew this was coming because last year it was their first year doing bonuses. It was for the 2021 year, and I had started Meowtel in September, and I didn't make enough money in 2021 to qualify for the bonus, so I didn't get it. But I saw what it was, and it, I mean it's nothing much, but if it's more than I think other apps do, I I wouldn't expect to get it. A performance bonus for cat sitting, but I was hoping they would do it for 2022 and they did. And it felt great. It felt so good. I got a $61 bonus, which I'm saying that number because I've never received any amount of money that felt better than this $61. It felt so good. I think it's just because it was so much like sweat work or just like, um, what do you call it? Like sweat equity that went into Meowtel. And cat sitting for a whole year and doing all this stuff. It just felt really good to be recognized by the app. So yeah. yeah I like that one a lot. I haven't made any money, but if anybody needs a class pass referral, I've been working real hard to get people on class pass so I can get some money. 
but I'm a big class pass fan, so hit me up if you need a referral and a bonus. That's my money move. <laughs> Your uh, class pass? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that wraps up today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our more candid style conversation about money and relationships. If you guys have any comments you want to add, please DM us on Instagram. We would love to hear your thoughts. If we miss anything in money and relationships, um, let us know. And this is our second to last episode of the season. So we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining. Bye.